Welcome to a new edition of the Still Unnamed Podcast starring Kyle Martin and Alden Roth where we review movies with sometimes booze and... That's Tonight about it. is chocolate milk. Tonight is chocolate milk and water because responsibility. <laughs> and the beer distributor was closed. And the beer distributor was closed and we got together too late. But yeah. Um, so uh, how was your week, Alden? Uh... It's been, um, it's been all right. Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep this week. But I don't know why I bring that up, because that's nothing new. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we all know that you, like, don't sleep. Yeah. So. Uh. What have you been working on? Work, mostly. Work. Yeah. And we, well, I've been putting a lot of work in on the, uh, on my school bus conversion. It's true. Which you helped me out with the other day. It's true. Um, Got some work done on that. Yeah, we did. So, that's been going going uh, really well. It's nice to finally get a lot of uh, stuff going on that. I don't think the people know about your school bus. Tell them about your school bus. So, my girlfriend and I bought a 1984... 84, nice. Yes. Uh, Chevrolet school bus. Uh, and we bought it in... The hopes of converting it into like a full-time RV kind of situation, um, and it's been a long process. We so you knew far, it was going to be a long process, though. I mean, yeah, like, but it's I've let I've let a lot of other things take priority. Um, so I haven't gotten as much done as I would have liked to by this. Like by this point, I would have liked to be done. Um, okay, so got it about a year ago, right? I got it a, a year and. Months ago. Oh yeah, you had it before we went down to Peru. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got it October of 2016. 16. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, like if you saw it, it's it resembles nothing of the bus we bought. No, we not bought, at all. We bought a yellow school bus. This is a short yeah. bus, by the way, because I, I wouldn't. I don't really care to have a giant bus. Where the fuck would you park that well, thing? Well, yeah, I mean, too, that's one right? thing, but, like, I don't know. I'm just you already have such a hard time parking that bus. Oh, I like. know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, like, more of a minimalist, too. Like, that, yeah. that, that having a full school bus would just be so much, and it's just not for my... For, like, two people max, right, too. Right, right. It's just, like, it, you, you don't need it. Don't yeah, not my jam. Um, but, yeah, so we, we've painted the outside. It's now green and white and gray, and... Uh, we strip the inside. It's literally down to the skeleton of the bus on the inside. No, yeah, no school really bus is. seats. We ripped out the floor. Actually, Hannah ripped out most of the floor. Good job, Hannah. Um, and Matt. Matt from Walmart. Good job, Matt. Um, and then we've sanded the inside of it, and Kyle and I painted part of it the other day, and then I, just tonight, patched some holes and put another coat of paint down on the floor. We thought it was going to be black paint, but yeah. it turned out to be uh, silver. I just, I just, uh, you <laughs> it doesn't know. matter because it's going to get covered up anyway. Right. It was just funny. But it was just Rustoleum, and we had bought black Rustoleum before, but I guess it was just a tiny can, and then we went to open this giant can, and it was, it was like silver metallic yeah. Rustoleum. I, I kind of no. like the color, but it's it was just not at all what I expected. Yeah, it was just like, whoa, what is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> at first, I was just like, just mix it up. It'll turn black. And then yeah. it was just like, <laughs> it just became more silver after you mixed it up. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, that's so that's coming along really well. It um, is. Yeah. So like, what else are you gonna like put in there? You're gonna put in a bed, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, it's basically gonna be an apartment on wheels. You know, it'll have a bed. It'll have um, like a table with seats. It'll more so resemble a, a diner booth because we're using old seats from a diner booth. Do you still have that diner? I have the the seats and the table. Yeah, I mean, I I Where's when that? I, it's in there. It's in there. Yeah. Oh. It, yeah, when I got it, it was oh, like... I thought you just chucked it or something. No, no, no. When I got it, it was assembled. Like, last time you sat on it, it was fully assembled still yeah. on the steel frame that it yeah. came with. But I knew I wasn't going to keep that frame, and it just made it really hard to to put, to put keep anything in the bus with it assembled like that. Yeah, you had to, get, you had to take it apart. Yeah, so I took it apart. And, I mean, that steel frame just weighed so much that it, it's nice to just get rid of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I still have the seats and the table part, and I'll just I'm just gonna customize, build a custom uh, setup for that stuff to sit on. Yeah. So we'll have that, and then we'll have a bed, and I'm still I'm still trying to convince my girlfriend. I think I got her, but we'll, we'll see. We we haven't talked about this in a while, but I want to put the bed on a platform that is attached to a pulley system, so I can. With the pulley, I can raise it up to the roof, and that way, still walk out the back door instead of having the bed be permanently. Oh, gotcha. Fixed so you would have to like door. push up the bed to like get well, out it of would, it. Well, it would be on a rope system. So no, but I'm saying like if if it was permanently on the ground, would you have to like take apart the bed to walk out through the back? Oh, uh, I mean the way that it's the way that we would do it if it was permanently, you, you couldn't move the bed to get uh, out the bed. So you wouldn't, you, could, you wouldn't be able to go out the back whatsoever. I mean, you could hop over the bed yeah. or go under the bed. It'd just be like. The bed would be in the way. Yeah, and you'd have to climb over it. Right, and not, I don't know. Right, I mean, right now the only way to get in and out of the bus is through the back door. So I have yeah. a hard time imagining uh, a way that the bus works without that. And I mean, obviously, yeah. Like, I mean, you don't want everyone just like hopping on, like over right. your bed and stuff if you got you know people coming over right. and stuff like that. Yeah, and like yeah. eventually it would be great to have the. The front door be the operational door. Yeah. Because it has, like, actual steps to go up and stuff. But yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I, I do like having, being able to walk from all the way through, like, have two fully functional exits and stuff. So, yeah, I still got to sort of convince my girlfriend on that, but we'll get it. She's, she's pretty easy going as long as I can uh, build it, she can get behind it. As long as, as long as you, as long as there's a plan and yeah. a way for it to actually work, yeah, it's pretty easy to convince on that part. Half the time, I'm so excited. I'm like, blah, 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 and she's like, I don't think it know. through. She's like, I don't know what you're saying. If you can, if you can, with like good reason and and logic, science behind it, yeah. explain what you're gonna do, then you can do it. Yeah. So and just like, start tying shit to the roof. Yeah. <laughs> start, see, it works. You just have to do, like, all these little things for it just, and then just start, you know, gerrymandering it. Yeah. <laughs> gerrymandering, not gerrymandering. Gerrymandering, sorry. <laughs> um, you've been, like... I always like when you do, like, videos on your bus, but you've kind of, like, have not been doing it. I saw on your one post you were just like, I kind of go back and forth on doing them or not because sometimes you're, like, when you go to record yourself you tend you find yourself doing less work on the bus than you would if you weren't filming it right and uh i do like it that 
your videos when you do it, because um, I like seeing the progress of the bus. And I think it's a cool concept to see it from like how it was to how it would be afterwards. I think yeah. it's a cool chronological thing to do. But like, yeah. I get it if you don't want to do it. Like, no, if I, you find yourself just spending more time trying to come up with a way to make the video than you're actually putting into yeah you know, thinking and I think and dedicating yourself to the bus. Yeah, I think the big problem is that like the quality that I would want the video to be takes a lot of effort and yeah. planning and it takes away from the time that I can spend on the bus and I, you're splitting everything in half. Half yeah, the time you're right. worrying and thinking about what the video is going to be and then half the time you're worrying and thinking about what to do with the bus. Right. And it's not like I want to be holding the camera and filming people. I don't want to like set up my tripod and just film that. You yeah. know, I, like I, I want to be filming somebody else doing the work or I want somebody else to be filming me doing the work. Yeah. And it's it's worked for the most part, but like recently I've I've done a couple of videos and um I just at the end of the day I'm like I didn't actually get that much done. Yeah, I didn't, what did I get done? Yeah, I didn't make that much progress. And that part of that was the part of the, the section of work that were I was at with the bus was not a fast moving section. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't help. But like when you came over, when you came over and helped the other day, we and we filmed each other and painted. It worked really well, and that's one of my favorite. I mean, I only made like a little thing for Instagram, mm-hmm. but I, I plan to make a longer video, um, and I think it'll be my favorite one because it was the most fluid production behind the work. Yeah. Because you had a goal, you, it's like, okay, we just need to get this painted, so it was, right. I mean, not that much work has to go into that, and then, like, you had me there to help film it, too, so I was able yeah. to film you painting, and we'd switch off and onto it, and it was yeah. pretty, it was pretty easy, like, it's an easy concept, and it's easy to execute, too. Yeah, and, and like, it's something, I, I can't really explain it, um, but when, it, when it's just me talking to the camera, I have a certain tone and voice that I talk to the camera with. And yeah. when I go back and I'm editing it, I don't like it. And I, I'm like... Who's this asshole? <laughs> it's, it's not that. I just, like, I talk really slowly and I drag out my words and stuff. And I'm like, that's not that's not how I talk in real life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes I'll pause and collect my thoughts or whatever, you know, but... I, that's, I'm sitting here, like, trying to talk really fast to prove. <laughs> I, 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 I don't talk really slow. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's just... It's just it, it's definitely something different. Like, when it was you and me, it, it was like I was talking to a friend yesterday, whereas when it's me talking to the camera, I... Do you think I, that you're trying to put on, like, a personality when you're talking to the camera? Or I, do you think it's just that maybe, weird disconnect? But, See, with me there, it's like, okay, you're just talking to me. So it's like, right. you're yeah. not you're not faking anything, you know? But the weird thing is, if I am putting on a personality, I hate that personality. So it's True. just, yeah. that doesn't make sense. I don't, and that's just, I haven't really figured it out yet. Um, yeah. I think it, I think I think it's 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 a num- it's a subconscious thing when you're when you have just like your camera and you're like putting it out to here. It's like I think the way that we've grown up and like the way that how we see YouTubers and like personalities and how they talk. It, it's like that. It's kind of like a switch. It's like okay, I have to act like this way. I have to like talk this certain yeah. way to the camera, you know. So I don't think it's like 
oh, I need to do this. It's just this subconscious thing that just clicks on, you know? It's kind of, it's a default mode. Right. Yeah, and and I just don't, I don't like that default mode that turns on, I think. Um, and I, like, I, I, I do enjoy watching YouTubers, and the thing that I like is when they are themselves and they're not being a, a copy or a, a remix of somebody else. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is, is like I'm, I'm trying to go so far away that it's just it's unnatural. I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a work in progress. We're, we're going to see how things go. Yeah, you're getting there. I think, I don't know. I mean, you know I'm always down to help you yeah. on the bus, so just call me up and I'll come over, you know? Yeah, no, I, I've appreciate, I appreciated your help. I mean, that was the quickest we I've gotten anything done on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we had a time limit, too. We were just like, yeah. all right, we, we got to go until, like, either this rain comes or the sun goes down. Yeah, you know? and, I mean, it's definitely, too, a hurdle has been um, me micromanaging people because, like, oh, yeah. when I, it was just for, for the longest time, like, this project was my baby and everything had to be done perfectly to a T. Yeah. And, and it's just like, when I took the bus to West Virginia and my family worked on it with me for a little while, it was like, my sister would be painting something and she was doing a great job. And then I would take a step back and I'd be like, oh, you missed a spot there. And then I would paint something in and I would take a step back and be like, oh, I missed a spot there. And, and it was just like, by, by trying to correct those spots and go back and then it was just making more and more spots and... Finally, I was just like, I think I'm just seeing things. I need to stop worrying about it being perfect. If it's it, getting it done, is better than getting it done perfectly. Yeah. Because nothing will ever be perfect. No, no. And you I just have and to I mean, get it done at a certain and like, point. The irony would be like the day that I get it perfectly painted, I'll get no somebody will hit my butts or something and scratch the paint. I don't think you'll ever see something that's perfect. You know, it's like, you know, being a, you know, a filmmaker, it's just like, I have this idea in my head and this vision of like what it should be, but you're never going to be able to put what is in your mind onto the screen. You just never, right. there'll never be that 100% transition unless you're Stanley Cooper yeah. There's or David Fincher. There's never that 100% streamline from what's in my head to what I can actually put on the screen. Right. And it's just like something that you just have to learn to accept at a certain point. doesn't mean you have to like it. It's just something that yeah. you have to learn to accept, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, when I when I took the bus down to West Virginia, it was, it was nice to have my family be so eager to help. And I couldn't, I had to, like, dole out responsibilities and I couldn't micromanage them because yeah. there was so much going on. So, yeah can't micromanage your parents either and will just be like shut up all the time. right <laughs> well yeah and like my mom was like the one that suggested that I bring the bus down and, and that we work on it and then like two hours in my mom was like okay I'm gonna go take a break and go to the lake and I just want to be like no you're not we are <laughs> this here is a, this we is are, a work day <laughs> yes we are Nine working from now until sunset <laughs> and then I was just like you're a slave driver? No, you are ridiculous. <laughs> like, why am I, like, am I really going to tell my mom this? Right. <laughs> and so then my mom would just be like, "Fuck you, cop." Yeah, yeah. And so my mom was like, "Come on, you should. You got to come to the lake too." And I was like, "All right, all right." And it, it was. I mean, I was just the whole time I was on the lake. And uh, granted, my grandma wanted to go on the lake, and she's got knee problems, so I was the one 
tasked with taking her out in like uh, a paddle boat. Oh, nice. Not a paddle boat, like like a. Is those things that you stand on? No, it, it's like it was a boat that it was sort of like a canoe, but it, it's like um, the boat that you would launch from a ship. Like when you get close to the shore, you would launch a little dinghy. Dinghy, yeah. Yeah, and but the the oars are supposed to they're supposed to be rings that are attached to the boat. You put the oars through the rings so that you can get the proper amount of um, torque or force. I don't know what the okay. right word is, but the rings weren't there, so it was really hard to paddle. Okay. And like my grandma wanted to go around the lake, and I was like. Go, this is gonna take so long. I'm, I'm wasting so much time that I could worry about the bus. bus. Yeah, but well, you're with your family. Yeah, and so it was that's, like that's more important. But of course, I, I naturally I ended up working until like an hour after sunset because because <laughs> we'd taken that break in the middle of the day and lost and like, this time. is this is all because of you, mom. <laughs> you want to go in the lake? Now I gotta work past yeah. sunset. Mean, meanwhile, the whole day I'm like. I said I was going to get up at 7 and start working. I got up at 11. This is all my fault. <laughs> sleep. Sleep but, always wins, dude. Yeah. Always wins. Uh, but So enough about me, Kyle. What have you been up to? I've been working. Um, I'm working at Beerhead. and slinging beers. Learning about beer. Yeah. Getting to know the locals. You know, just, just doing my thing. I don't know, I mean, like, this past, like, two weekends, um, were, like, fucking nuts, man. I was just working so late, and it was just, like, I mean, I earned, like, $1,200 in, like, two weekends, you know? That was, like, insane. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely earned, but, um, it was just, like, I was just drained. I was just, like, fuck, man. I, and I had, like, two days off on Monday and Tuesday, and I was yeah. just, like, I am just gonna do fucking nuts, and <laughs> and um but um but yeah I've been mostly just and, and I sent the short film off to Dave to so he could do the music Thanks. and so uh he was uh he's been uh he actually just snapchatted me uh last night and it's a picture of it's the scene with me at at, at work and I'm like and I we have the wide angle lens on me and yeah. I'm like I took the glasses off and I'm like you know like having a panic attack basically and uh he snapped a picture of it while he was doing the music for it, and he's just like, that face you make when you're constantly judging my sound choices. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does, because he's pretty enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. He, he told me, because I texted him, I sent him to him like a week ago, and over the weekend I texted him, I was like, hey buddy, how's it going? He's just like, hey, uh, he's like, I, I played it at work. The other day, and there's a scene that comes up that's very not safe for work in, like, the first, like, minute of it. And he's just like, yeah, I came into the scene, and then I had to shut it off real quick because yeah. I was at work. <laughs> so he's like, and then he yeah. goes and vi he visits his girlfriend um, in Westchester on the weekend, so he couldn't, he couldn't work on it on the weekend. So okay. uh, he's just been working on it after he gets off work uh, during the weekday. So should be done with it, probably. He'll probably work on it for the rest of this week, and then he'll send it to me, like, next week at some point. That's sweet. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does. He's always uh, gone above and beyond with the music, especially like first like first day was just like fuck, man. Like, yeah. It was like I thought it was like one thing, and then he just like took it to this whole other level with with the music, you know. Yeah, he's super talented. A very talented guy. He's actually a, a graphic designer. 
Yeah. So, yeah, so, and, like, he does, like, all these collages. You should check out his Instagram, um, Dear Dross. Um, D-A-R-D-E-A-R-D-R-O-S-S. Yeah. And, um, he does, like, all these, like, mashup collages of, uh, pictures that he finds, like, in old magazines, and he, and he yeah. just puts them together in, like, Photoshop. And they're really cool. They are really cool. Really, really cool. I want, like, a t-shirt of one of them. Um. Yeah, and uh, he's all, but he's also a very talented musician. He's actually getting ready to put up his second album. His first album was fucking killer, and uh, it's just a whole bunch of like instrumental music. But um, I'm really excited for this second album that he's been like he's been working on it like all year. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm really excited to see what what he does. Um, yeah, just waiting on that and um, uh, update on my love life because <laughs> that's what the people tune into to hear this patheticness. <laughs> um, it was weird because like I wasn't really talking I, I was hanging out with Mac and like uh, I mean it was just like just like a friend's thing you know and like yeah. it wasn't too serious I wasn't too serious about it she didn't seem like she was too serious about it either and then um, we don't we didn't like talk on like through texting or on the phone or anything like that you know it was just like hey you want to hang out yeah sure and so um, I get a text on Monday because originally we were just, we were like going to work on the bus. Right. And so I was just like, all right, that's, that's what we're going to work on, you know? And I get a text on Monday morning at like 9 a.m. And she's just like, uh, it was her and she was like, hey, you want to uh, hang out and like grab a beer? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. I was like, I just got to um, work on my friend's bus. But like, <laughs> just a normal thing. I know, right? I just felt so weird. I was like, "How else do you phrase this?" You know, without going into the whole backstory. And you could say working on my friend's car. Yeah, eh, that's not cool. Not as exciting. Yeah, not as exciting. But um, I was like, I gotta work on this bus, and then, but afterwards, like, I'm down. You know, just it might just be a little late. You know, and then um, she doesn't text me back. That was, yeah, I text her at like nine o'clock, and she like didn't text me back until I'm driving over to your to your bus. And I get this text, just this random text, and she's just like, hey, I don't think tonight's in the cards. I think this is more of just, like, a friendship, just gotten, that just, she was like, I've really gotten, it's been nice getting to know you, but I think this is just a friendship. And I was just like, whoa, like, what, what? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> and I was, like, driving, too, so I'm, like, driving, I'm thinking about this, I'm just like, what the, what the fuck is going on right now, you know? And, um. Because she initiated wanting to hang out, right? Yeah, yeah, and, like, and. I, I, I mean, in my mind, it was just like, we were just friends, you know? It's like, we weren't, you know, we, we weren't discussing, like, a future or anything like that. It was yeah. just like, we were just hanging out, you know? It's, like, very noncommittal and very just, like, bare bones, you right. know? And she initi initiated the hangout. And then, like, she sent me that. And so I was just, I was just, I was pissed off a little bit because I'm just like, what, what, like, what, why do I attract these women that are just fucking nuts? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it, and it was just like, I don't want it, I want nothing to do with it, so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't gonna text her back, because I was just like, fuck this, like, I don't, yeah. I don't need this bullshit in my life. And, but then I did text her back, because, <laughs> I'm a, I'm an asshole. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, we've always been friends, so I was like, we're still friends, but, um, I just don't really, uh, I, I don't understand where you're coming from, yeah. but it's okay, and, you know, no hard feelings. And she, and then she texted back, um, glad you understand. <laughs> and then I texted back, I don't really understand, <laughs> but, 
but it's okay. <laughs> and then she said, and then she's like, I just don't want any animosity between us. I was like, there is no animosity between us. I was just like, I was like, I think we're in two separate places right now. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's been nice getting to know you. And and then I yeah I sent that and I and she texted me back and I just deleted it. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not dealing with this because this is just like fucking crazy. And so it it just. It just baffles my mind of just like how, how just odd human. It's it's not women. It, men do this too, but it's just like how just like weird we fucking are with yeah. with people that we show an interest in. You know, it's just like oh, I like you enough to like hang out with you and have sex with you, and you know, be all cool. But then in a second, I can just get fucking weird as shit and just you know like act like everything's not okay it's just like why can't people just say how they feel and just you know have it be that you know why do we have to just put up this fakeness of everything because look if she was like i i mean i don't know i mean like on her on the second date that or the third date that i took her on she had a panic attack and like i comforted her during it and um and, like, I didn't judge her for it or anything. Because, like, yeah, I think anyone else besides me probably would have been fucking weirded out as shit over that. You know, you you wouldn't talk to the girl ever again. You would just, like, you would you would bail out, you yeah. know? Any, I, I think, I mean, I think any 24-year-old guy that's just looking for a hookup is just bailing out at that point, you know? Right. But, you know, I, I, I sympathize with her and, like, I realized that was just like a fucked up situation and like you know I, I, I took care of her and it's like and then I don't know if she was just like a like if that played into it at all if she was just like insecure about it or if like yeah. I mean I don't know you know and it's just like a, she's a she's a really cool person and everything but it's just like like I just I, I don't understand how why it's so hard for people just to be like I like you. And it can just be that. It just has to be like, I like you, but I just want to be friends and we can't do this because it's yeah. just like all these like little little shit, you know. It's just, and like people just like build it up in their head and they just like make it this bigger issue than it actually is. I think I think just like liking someone is very it's a very simple thing, you know, but we all just like bring our own fucking baggage to it and make it more complicated than it actually has to be. Yeah. Like why can't it just go, I like you? And just have it be that. I guess it's not, you know. I mean, I think it is. I think it's just that simple. It's just, I like you, and I can just, like, hang out with you, and why does it have to just be, like, this complicated fucking issue, you know? Yeah. I don't get it, you know. I don't get it at all. I'm lucky enough to be in a good, healthy relationship for over two years, so I literally have no idea what I would do if I was single these days. Uh, yeah, it fucking sucks. I mean, yeah. like, look, like, I'm, I'm, look, I am happy being on my own, you know, like, I, I can, I can be on my own, like, it's, sure, sure, it, I'm fine with that, you know, and this is all, all the, the, the thing with Lauren and now this, it all just, I think, is a sign of the universe just telling me that I should just be with Susanna, I think it's literally that, I think it's like, the universe doesn't want me to be happy with these other women, so it's just like, like, don't get involved with these other women. You're supposed to be with Susanna. I really think that's just it. I, yeah, I mean, you, you're welcome. You have my <laughs> blessing. Susanna, on the other hand, you, you have to... 
convince her. That's not hard, dude. She's already convinced. She met me once. Or twice, actually. She's met me twice in the span of, like, what, four years? She remember? I know. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, dude, we cuddled on on New Year's, you know? Sharing that body heat. There was a connection there. I was gonna try to say yeah, you and I cuddled on love, but I couldn't remember a specific date. Did we cuddle? I'm yeah. sure we have cuddled on some you probably cold occasion. Probably cuddled in Peru, yeah. Yeah, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend, she she uh, defended her thesis and passed, so she's done with. Oh her, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So she's like, she's a she's a graduate. She is a master of fine art photography. She's the master. She is the master. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And now, of course, she wants to go get her doctorate. In what? In, uh, pre- there's some program in Buffalo. So, wait, what was the thing about the gender thing that she, like, passed? She That's got, she has a, I forget the, the technical term. It's like a minor in gender and sexuality studies. Huh. That's uh, dope. That's, she's, like, really, uh, passionate about gender and sexuality studies and, and equality or rather inequality she doesn't assume anyone's uh, gender she definitely tries not to <laughs> that was always just like my favorite book there is this there is this meme uh when wonder when the wonder woman trailer came out like last year or whatever and she's like wonder woman goes up to chris pine and she's like you're a man and then it like cuts and he's like did you just assume my gender I think it's awesome. I think people get a little too bent out of shape about some shit like that, but we're not going to go into that because that's just a whole yeah. other fucking can of worms, you yeah. know? But, um, I mean, look, like, be whatever you want, do right. whatever you Absolutely. want. Absolutely. I don't fucking care. As long as you're happy, that's all that fucking yeah. matters, you know? But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so she wants to get her, her doctorate. And in I'm gender just, studies or in yeah, photography? It's in, it would, I think it would be in gender studies. What and do you do with that? You just become a doctor of gender. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to get into it, because... Uh, I'd like to ask her about it, I'm like yeah, curious, you know, I'm just like, should, what are you doing? You that? should ask her. She tells me, she's like, I want to go back to school. And me, who, if I hadn't graduated early, I was going to drop out of school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I dropped out. <laughs> right. I'm like, you want to go back to school? Like you've already done so much school. I know, Jesus Christ. I couldn't, dude. It, it was so, look. I'm. I was the type of kid that in the fucking every fucking class I was daydreaming. You know, like I yeah. didn't pay unless it was English or history. Those were the only two classes that I got A's in. Yeah. Um. Because I I'm, I'm really good at reading and history. History was easy for me because I was just like, okay, it's just one long movie. So that's how I was able to visualize it as that, and I and. It was like, okay, all these, the cast and characters of everything and all these events happening. It was all just one long movie for me. So it was a, I was able to, to piece that all together. Um, and then English, I was just like, always been like an avid reader. Yeah. And I was able to bullshit all the fucking essays that I had to write, you know, and, and, uh, my, in uh, during the summer, cause I was always in like, I was in like honors English and then in my senior year, I was in AP English and, okay. um, we had to read four books over the summer. 
thick fucking books too, man. We had to read Jane Eyre, and uh, was one of the books, and that was the last book that I read because I just I had no interest in it really whatsoever. Yeah. But my mom was actually my mom is a huge reader too. That's where I get my love of reading from is my mom. I get it's weird because like from my mom is like a real like you know hard drinker and like really into <laughs> sports. But then, like, she fucking loves movies and literature, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. just, like, it's this weird fucking divide that I have with her. So right. it's just, like, I got my passion of, like, booze and sports from my mom and also, like, this love of storytelling from her as well. And then my yeah. dad is just, like, we just make fun of him. And that's <laughs> But my dad loved movies, too. That was, like, what I bonded with my parents and I mean, my dad took me to go see fucking Star Wars, Phantom Menace. You know, yeah. Like when it first came out, that's the first. That's my first memory, ever. Is yeah. sitting in that theater watching fucking Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi fucking battle it out. Like mm-hmm. that was that's fucking ingrained in my head. But um, but anyway, so um, so I'm I pushed Jane Eyre, Jane Eyre off, and my mom was like, "You need to read Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre is like awesome. It's really good, you know." Okay. And so she was really pushing me to read it. But I just kept pushing it off. I read um, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Um, Crime and Punishment was another one that we had to read, and we had to write uh, essays on. Them. We had to write like fucking five page essays on them Jeez. after after like bef- before fucking school started. Yeah. So it was just like fuck, man. Like all I want to do is just run around and get in trouble, and like you know, I got fucking read these books and write these essays. But I was able to do it, and then I, I, I had pushed Jane Eyre off until the night before school started. <laughs> Jane Eyre is like a fucking 600-page book. Jesus. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to read this entire book tonight. And so I read all 600 pages of Jane Eyre in one night. Dude, I don't know how you can do that. I'm such a <laughs> slow reader. Back then, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I'm a, well, I'm a really fast reader, too. But um, back then, I could not sleep. For the, like to save the life of me, man. Yeah. Like I, I got no sleep at all. If it was up to me, I'd sleep until like one p.m. You know, but like I could, I could not fall asleep at night. I don't know what. I still have trouble sleeping at night sometimes too. You know, because like that's how when I get most of my writing done is at night because yeah. I just can't sleep at all. But um, anyway, um, and it was like. I'm pretty sure I had insomnia. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. pretty sure I had it. But anyway, so I'm reading Jane Eyre. I read Jane Eyre all in one night. It's around, like, I started at, like, probably the, like, 5 o'clock that night, and then I uh, stopped at probably, like, 5 a.m. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, I got two hours before I have to get on, I have to go to school. Yeah. So uh, I got to write five pages now about Jane Eyre. And I wrote just, like, the most fucking incoherent bullshit imaginable. And it was... I com- So there's this part in Jane Eyre in the beginning where they're, like... She's describing these red curtains, and these red curtains just keep fucking coming up. And I'm like, it's her period. She's on her period. Mm-hmm. And it's her transitioning into a woman, because that is when she makes the decision to not stay with Sinjin and to go back um, with... Oh, what the fuck is his name? Michael Fassbender's character in the movie. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Drawing a blank. Or- Orson Welles played him. Fuck. Hey, the main guy. Um, Jane Eyre. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, she's become a woman finally. She's making her decision. She's taking back her womanhood. And she, she's, going, she's going back to him. And so I wrote about that. <laughs> and I based this entire paper on how Jane, the Chronicle, basically Jane Eyre is just 
start of her as a kid, and then it col- it climaxes with her getting her period, and then going back <laughs> to okay. the love of her life. And I'm sure your teacher loved that. Oh, dude. <laughs> she fucking pulled me aside after the second day of class, and she was just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, what the hell is this? And I was just yeah. like, I was like, look, I'm going to lay it on to you. Like, I, I, I read the book in one night, and I wrote the essay in one night, too. And she was just like, I mean, it's clearly that you read it. Like, yeah. your, your, your source is pretty well. She's just like, I can give you a C minus. And I was like, I'll fucking take it. Yeah. <laughs> so she gave me a C minus on it. So yeah, that's the story of Jane Eyre right there. I don't know how that got, that got brought up, but yeah. We were supposed to read so many books in high school. I didn't read a single one. Oh, dude. The only one I read was Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn's awesome. That's my favorite book. It a really good book. I don't know. Yeah. Gatsby. I read Gatsby. I read Gatsby before it got assigned to us. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. No, I read it the summer before we were supposed to read it in school because I was because I heard so much about it. And I was just like, I just want to read this book. So yeah. I just read it. And I, that, was, that was a really... I love Gatsby. I fucking... But I cannot stand... So there's like been this like huge like... Um, like... Uh, not phenomenon, but, like, everyone... You know how people do, like, Gatsby parties yeah. now? And, like, Gatsby weddings and yeah, stuff? Yeah. And I'm just like, you fucking idiots don't know the fucking message of the book. Of what Fitzgerald was trying to say about that fucking culture. How, yeah. And, like, how... <laughs> like, he was so against it. He was so against these parties. And right. he was against the, this fucking wealth and, like, all these, like, superficial people. Like, it wasn't supposed to be about the glitz and the glamour of everything. It's supposed to be how just, like, money fucking... All, all fucking Gatsby needed to do was just love Daisy. That was it. But he was so fucking egotistical and just, like, self-centered about himself and how he needed to have, like, all this money and fill his life with just all this empty bullshit of people, materialism, big house. While he just... All he needed was fucking love. All he needed to do was just give his love to Daisy and everything would have been fine. But no, he's a fucking selfish piece of shit and he just, he fucking, it all culminates in his death and it's just, and it's all his responsibility. It's no one else's. It's not fucking Tom Buchanan. Tom Buchanan was just like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's like, yeah, I know I'm an asshole. At least I'm true about it. You know, he's like, I'm not fake like you, Gatsby. You know, you're you're trying trying to say that you're this romantic, but you're actually just, you're, you're worse than me because you're fake. What are you, you know? You're, you're as hollow as your house. So anyway, that just pisses me off that people do these Gatsby parties. And it's just like, you fucking people don't know the message of the book. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Gatsby, though. But, um, yeah. We, I did, I did have a, a one English, or one reading class in college that I actually took seriously. Because in high school, I could just bullshit my way through all of the tests and the essays and stuff. I didn't yeah, it's not that hard to read. bullshit through an English right. test, you know? You just get the gist of it, and yeah. then you just fucking rant on, because it's like, that's my opinion, bitch. Yeah, and we, I mean, we we went over the chapters we were supposed to read the night prior in every class. Okay. Like, why am I going to read if somebody else can do the reading and then tell me what happens? Like, that's just... Sounds- I understand it from a fucking high schooler point of view, right. you know? It's just like, you're. I mean, you're not fucking worried about reading and shit you're just worried about getting laid I mean I love love reading that's the thing but it was like I don't I didn't like reading on somebody else's schedule at the time okay that was the part that was hard for me was like I had mostly it was I wanted to stay at school and work on my videos and not read yeah 
Um, so I just I, I just skated through that. But then in college, I had an actual literature class, a world literature class, um, where we started with Frankenstein, and I was like, oh, Frankenstein, this will be easy to bullshit my way through. And like day one, the teacher was like, you didn't read anything, did you? And you like, watched the movie. <laughs> um, and he was, he was like, you're going to have to read in this class. <laughs> and so I actually like read all the books, and they were all really good, and I... Yeah, dude, books are yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, like, I love books. I love reading them. It's just, it's always been hard. I think to I think when you're I think when you're like a 16 year old and you're just and someone's telling you to read the read this book. I don't know. I've always had a problem with authority figures, and I'm always just like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm not gonna <laughs> read your book. You know, yeah. fuck you! Don't tell me what to do. You know." But um, I don't know. Yeah, it was always easy for me in in like English class because I was just like, "Okay, I just wanted to read this anyway, so right. I don't really care that you're telling me to read it." What was great about my 11th and 12th grade English class was that they, in my 11th grade class, we read Death of a Salesman, which is my favorite play. It was the first time I read it, and I was so captivated by it. But then she, uh, my teacher, Mrs. Um, Yazway, who, who, she showed us a yearbook at the end of the year. She showed us, like, her old yearbook, and she showed us a picture of her, and I was like, holy shit, Ms. Yazway, I totally would have fucking banged the shit out of you. She was fucking hot as shit. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, she said, she, uh, she does Death of a Salesman, and she, she showed us the, um, 1987 stage version that they filmed, um, start Dustin Hoffman as Willie Loman and, um, John Malkovich as, uh, Biff Loman. And that was, like, my favorite fucking interpretation of it. Cause we would, so we would, like, read, like, a couple pages of it, and then she would play the film. Okay. And we would watch the pages that we just read, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. And it was just combining movies and uh, books, too, which is yeah. what I love. So I was just, I was all about it. In ninth grade, we had to read The Odyssey, I think. Ninth Damn. grade, really? Yeah. Damn. And, we didn't uh, even read the Odyssey in any of my classes. Really? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ninth grade, it was all that was all like the Greek and Roman literature. So we had okay. to read the Odyssey and Romeo and Juliet and all that. Nice. And my one teacher was just had the hots for uh, Tom Cruise. So we I watched, have the hot. I have the hots for Tom well, Cruise. Yeah, as we all should. But we would watch. We'd read part of the Odyssey and then watch the Tom Cruise Odyssey. Tom Cruise made an Odyssey? Wait, what? Unless, wait. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody. Oh, you're thinking of Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah. Troy. Yeah. thinking of Troy, no, right? No? It was the Odyssey. Tom, I don't know if Tom Cruise made an Odyssey. It was somebody somebody like Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. I don't know. But Fuck. It was no, definitely... Because she kept like talking about... Is it Beowulf? Beowulf? No, it was the Odyssey. It was the Odyssey. Yeah. Because she was specifically talking about like huh. their body. And us ninth graders like, that's weird. And then we watched... Um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I, I love that movie. I was like, this is awesome. Everybody else was like, this is the weirdest movie. That movie, first off, Baz Luhrmann is like the craziest son of a bitch alive yeah. with the way he filmed shit. And yeah. it's just like, Romeo and Juliet is just like fucking nuts. And it's just like, okay, let's take Romeo and Juliet, set in, it's like they filmed in like South America too, you know? And it's just like, 
it's so the camera work is so fucking wild and then the editing is so fucking wild so both those together is just like this fucking it's like you're doing like a line of cocaine and it's like your yeah. mind after you just did like a fucking line of blow but they're still like, boom, 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 boom. they're still doing like the old English too yeah gee, yeah they just took the they just took the fucking script uh, and just went with it you yeah know? Um, I think it's hilarious the the whole fetch me my long sword and he, his on, engraved on his gun is long, long sword. Yeah, it's like eight millimeter long yeah. sword. Yeah, and it's like a it fucking shotgun. Super long and shit. Barrel, yeah. yeah, and he has like the silencer on it. Oh, it's so good. John Leguizamo's in that. He plays um, uh, Juliet's cousin. Um, fuck, what's his name? Um, I forget. But um, he's really good. I love John Leguizamo. I think every time he pops up in a movie, he makes it always better. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you watch that, and then you watch, like, Moulin Rouge, which is, like, Romeo and Juliet yeah. times, like, fucking a hundred, and it's just, like, insane. I I have no... I, I watch Moulin Rouge, and I'm just astounded by it, because I'm just like, how the fuck do you film that? And then yeah. you film all that shit, how the fuck do you edit all that shit? Like, that would... I would have a fucking aneurysm every time I would walk into the editing bay of that if I was the editor. Yeah. I would fucking hate my life. <laughs> but, um... But, uh... Yeah, I, we watched, we read Romeo and Juliet in 10th grade, I believe, and then, um, oh no, ninth, no, we read it in ninth grade, and we watched the Leo DiCaprio version of it. Um, we also watched uh, this, like, 70s version of it with Olivia Hussey, which was more of, like, contemporary, like, it, not contemporary, but set in the time that it was written in. Okay. And then um, Mel Gibson did a version of it set in, like, Middle Ages, and uh Hamlet fucks his mom and like in like the middle of it it's so fucking weird like it's just like this scene with like Hamlet he's like talking to his mom while she's in bed and then he just like jumps in her bed and fucks her it's really fucking weird it's very weird I remember we had the v we had the VHS of that movie and I never watched it on VHS I never it was always I was always just like oh, I'm going to watch it and I never did just watched the one scene where Hamlet jumps in bed with his mom. I've watched it on, like, YouTube, like, years later. i never seen the movie. Yeah. I remember, because I remember my teacher, he was like, yeah, Hamlet has sex with his mom in this version, so we're not going to watch it. <laughs> we had a lot of weird, like, VHSs like that when I was growing up. We had a lot of weird fucking shit. My mom always just, like, my mom was a huge horror fan, too, yeah. so she always had, like, all the Stephen King adaptions and shit. Like, we had Graveyard Shift and, like, like Silver Bullet and, like, The Shining and shit like that, so... And, like, they just didn't care what I watched, so I would just, like, pick it out and just, like, put it in the VCR and watch it when I was, like, way too young yeah. to see that shit. But, um, but, yeah, so, like, books are awesome. Movies are awesome. They are. Speaking of movies. Yeah, let's get into the movie. What movie did we watch? <laughs> 46 take, uh... minutes in, let's finally review this shit. Um, today we watched, so, um, one of my favorite filmmakers working today, uh, is Joe Carnahan. I believe that he is... He's a phenomenal writer, and I think he's also, but he's also equally a phenomenal director. Um, and we watched his uh, his movie, The Gray, starring Liam Neeson and uh, Frank Grillo. The whole and, time, every time he would come on screen, I'd be like, "Is that Frank Grillo?" <laughs> I never once said it, but I it's because well, everyone's like covered in a hat and shit, so yeah, it's like yeah. hard. And he's also covered in tattoos too, so it's hard to see who he is. Um, but it's also like. I don't know if I actually know who Frank Grillo is, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, <laughs> I think that's Frank Grillo. That's right. He has a very distinctive look, you yeah. know, so it's, it's, it's easy to pick him out. Um, so The Gray is about uh, this, uh, like, hunter who is employed by these, uh, like, this oil company to protect uh, these oil drillers 
from the wild wolves while they're uh, out in the oil fields. And so after their, uh, I guess after their contracts are up, they're flying back to like Anchorage, Alaska, and the plane goes down in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness. And the they crash land near the den of these wolves, and the wolves start attacking them, and they have to fight to survive. And you would think, based on like the trailers of this movie, and like just and just that concept that I just told you, that this would be okay. Liam Neeson fighting wolves yeah. for like an hour and for like two hours, but no, it's it's much more than that. It's a much deeper film than that. Yeah, it's basically an hour and a half meditation on life and death with with an occasional wolf attack. Yep. It's basically it. Like, there's so many moments that are just, like, introspective and just people contemplating on, like, whether or not they should go on and, like, why this has happened and, like, is there a god or is this all just circumstance? And, like, yeah. you know, like who gives a fuck? You know, it's not... This isn't fate. It's not fate that I survived this plane crash because I can just die a second later from this fucking wolf that's going to kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is just like, it goes back and forth on that, and then there's an occasional action scene with a wolf tearing someone apart. Yeah, usually a really bad CG wolf. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much was like CG or what they tried to blend in with, with, yeah, with a real wolf or animatronics at all. Yeah. But like the scene with like the wolves running, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, yeah, that's not, that doesn't hold up that well. Like the black wolf at the end walking down the hill. Like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's. K and B could have probably did better on that one, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, I really like the beginning of this movie a lot. How it just like starts out and like with that fucking shot of the mm-hmm. mountain and the yeah. snow-capped mountain with all the trees and everything, and it's just like this morning like fog just like rolling over, and then we are introduced to the oil fields and we're introduced to Liam Neeson's character basically on the brink of suicide, yeah, and he's just like narrating that he like he lost his wife recently and he's just like he he thinks you know he deserves to be here with all these like criminals and refugees and like fugitives and assholes and he almost shoots himself he goes out back to like fucking put a bullet in his head and then it does that great cut of like the wolf howling and then it cuts back to the fucking mountain and it's just like unfinished business you know it's just like there's more to this you know and um I, I just think that whole beginning is just like a nice little poem to just start off off the movie with, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, well, yeah, what do you think of the, the beginning there? I thought it was, it was good. Um, I kept getting distracted by the handwriting. His, oh, while he's, he's writing the note? He has the worst goddamn handwriting. It's chicken scratch. Yeah. <laughs> it's chicken, uh, it's like my handwriting. Right, it's like, <laughs> Was there nobody on set that could have made a, a prettier <laughs> note? Like, nope. We didn't. Have, Liam didn't need to be actually writing it. I don't know. I just got way too focused. Were you on trying that. to read the letter? And you're just like, I can't fucking read it. No, I just. I like. I mean, I heard him narrating it all, and it was just like. I can see the word dearest, but wow, that was hard. For I couldn't me read her name. I couldn't read her name. It's, it was like an O and like an N and then like another O. And I was just like, what the fuck? What yeah. kind of name is that? But, um, um, to the plane crash. Let's get to the plane crash. Um, I think this is just like one of the coolest plane crashes ever, yeah, like, put on really film. Good. 
and like how like the camera just kind of like starts off in the middle there of the aisle and just like kind of pulls back and then like all shit just like goes loose and like fucking stewardess just like hits the roof and then like Liam Neeson I love how Liam Neeson just like <laughs> buckles himself in and then lays down and uses yeah. the other buckle to tie himself down to yeah. the chair. I was like, that's what I would fucking do if the plane was going down, you know? Just, like, buckle myself in as much as possible. And, um, I know, it was really cool and it's just, like, how, like, they blow out the side of the plane and then yeah. basically the camera's just on, like, Liam Neeson the whole time and, like, it, we follow him after the plane, like, blows off and we follow him all the way as he's just, like, fucking falling down to yeah. the ground and then just like cuts to black yeah and it does that really cool effect where he's like in bed with his wife like literally the next scene after the plane crash he's in bed with his wife yeah and she's like it's on her the camera's on her and she's like stroking his face and then she just gets like ripped away and it was and then it goes right into him like waking up in the fucking snow yeah i yeah, thought that, that was, was really so cool. cool they did that too right when the plane crash or when the turbulence was happening they shook him out oh yeah he like jumped yeah. up yeah that was fucking cool too um I love movies, like, set in the snow, too. Like, I love it. Like, I love reading yeah. about the snow. I love movies, like, The Thing. Like, I fucking love it. Um, and, like, if you can make me feel cold, like, that's... you fucking done your job as a filmmaker, you know? I feel cold watching this movie, you know? It's just... Yeah. It, I think it's so good. Because I've been there. I've been freezing to death, like, to death at some point. I don't know. I thought you were cut on with Susanna. I mean... I'm not gonna get into that, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna make a dirty joke, but it, but no, um, it, it was fucking cold that night. <laughs> it was fucking cold as shit. It was um, negative four. It was negative four, yeah. God, that fucking that was dumb. But no, it was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. Are we gonna do it again this year? Are we gonna yeah, re? Fine. Are we gonna cap it off? Uh, we'll start. We started the year, and then we're gonna end the year. Yeah, I don't see why not doing it. I'd be I'd be down for it. But um. But anyway, back to the gray. Um, and so, like, like the, the rest of the movie takes place outside, and, like, Liam Neeson just takes charge just immediately because, like, he's probably the most qualified to take charge, yeah. basically. You know, he's, like, he's a survivalist. And uh, these wolves, man, just fucking just... It's, like, how how they would react, you know? It's just, like, they're not gonna... They don't care if you're, like bigger than them you're in their territory right. and they're just gonna fucking kill you you know it's just right. like that's how it is and uh I love dogs too man but it's like if a wolf's coming at me man like I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out oh, I'm gonna man, try at least terrifying. oh my god you fucking horrible horrifying I'm always and every time like I <laughs> I ride a plane I'm just like man what if this goes down like what am I uh, every time like it's the thing that you don't want to think about but when you're sitting on a plane you're thinking about it yeah like if this plane goes down what am I gonna do you know like wh like where are the exits at like am I gonna like lean down and like strap myself in and shit like I don't know it's, it's I always like when I always fly I'm just like I don't want to think about this I don't want to think about this but as soon as I sit in that seat I'm just like what am I like? What am I gonna do if this plane's gonna go down? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, th I think you sort of have to like give over a little freedom when you take a flight. So you gotta be like, I'm all, I'm, I'm. Uh, whenever takeoff is like when I'm like most like anxious, but okay. once I'm up in the air, I'm good. You know, yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. care. It's just like takeoff. I'm just like, all right, yeah. just get in the fucking air because if something's gonna go wrong, it's gonna be right now. You know, <laughs> we're landing. 
Or landing too. Or landing, I'm I'm usually cool with landing, you know. But um, yeah. it's always takeoff. I'm just like, if something wrong's gonna happen, it's gonna be right now. Interesting. But um, but yeah. So like, what do you think of the cinematography in this? Like, it, there's a lot of grain in this movie. I assume that they shot this on film. But um, yeah. I really I, I like the cinematography. At some points, it's a little too dark, and like you can't see what's going on. I think yeah, there are definitely parts when it's too dark and. Also, parts when it's, like, way too light, like, way too bright during the day, I think. Mm. All that stuff, like, uh, I don't know. Snow is, is interesting because, like, the whiteout conditions would make it so that, like... It would be bright. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, from my experience, it's rare to have, like, a super bright day. I I feel like anytime there's snow coming down, it's like an overcast day. It's cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. This just the, the it basically felt overexposed. There's a there's a scene when um they're in the plane after the crash and the one guy's dying and Liam Neeson yeah. says you're dying, and there's a part like of his face that I guess there's a part of the plane that's like shot out. Yeah. And then there's a part of his face that's just, like, totally whited out. Yeah. And there, and I was like, is that too, like, bright? And is it, his face, like, whited out? But I, I kind of justified it with the snow. I was like, oh, the snow is just, it's that shining off of, of the uh, of the sun, and that's why his yeah. face is like that. So I kind of justified it at parts where I was just like, okay, the snow would do that. But, yeah. um, but I, I mean... I don't know. I, next snowstorm that happens when it's when I'll, I'll check, you know, right. I'll record well, it and see what happens. Not, basically, it's just like, I don't know. It, I think they really dropped the ball on how pretty they could have made this film. Because Alaska is just gorgeous. Yeah. Like, Into the Wild, every shot is beautiful in that. It's true, yeah. And, and it's definitely a different time. Like, it's not, there's not a lot of snow when he's in Alaska. Yeah. But, like, it was just, I don't know, I felt like... I think he was trying to go for the um, effect of, like, snow blindness yeah. at parts, you know, with it, like, during the storms, like, when they're, like, walking away from the plane, right. and, like, when they're, like, when the one Flannery gets attacked, I think that's what they were, like, trying to go for, is just, like, that that sense of um, direction and depth perception is just totally gone. Yeah. I guess, like, you know, there's the part where they're walking down the hill trying to get to the tree line. Yeah. And the wolves come sort of from all directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they it's kind like, of, like, it's like really them. overcast and really gray. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted the whole film to feel like. Okay, gotcha. That, like, like three-quarter brightness. Gotcha. Yeah, like, like gray. Like the <laughs> oh, gray. so that's why they call it that. <laughs> but it just there were like did the, the the daylight scenes bother you more than the nighttime yes, scenes yes because okay. when when Frank Grillo's character was like he was like look at this view this is where I want to die That's yeah, yeah this is, but, no he's like this I feel like this is all for me yeah, yeah. and I was like this shot sucks <laughs> I like that shot it I like be, that shot with the mountains in the background and a, him on, I, in the, on it's a, it, the composition is great yeah the exposure Somebody wasn't looking through the lens. Okay. Easy, like, they could have very easily added uh, an ND or something to just pull that down or fix the the exposure in post in the color grading process. It just, I don't know. It 
did not the cinematography in this did not do it for me. Okay, interesting, interesting. Very yes. interesting. That's all I have to say on that. Unless <laughs> you have a rebuttal to say on that. I don't really have a rebuttal. That's your opinion. Um, well, no, I mean, yeah, but you can, you could. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I like, I like, from like what I was saying about like how I think this they use the cinematography to give you the effect of like snow blindness in the one scene and like how it is dark in like some of the scenes but I feel like that's how if you were in that situation that's how it would feel you wouldn't know like you're in a foreign place you don't you're in the middle of the woods you have no sense of direction you're fucking yeah. freezing your ass off you're on the verge of death you have these wolves coming in to attack you so it's like you wouldn't really have a sense of uh, perspective or direction or you wouldn't have the confidence to be like I know where I'm going you know yeah. so like when it is like blurred at some parts or when it is like too dark to see like what is actually going on I kind of justify it in that way of like that's how it would be if I was there you know I wouldn't yeah. really know what was up or what was down yeah I get that I just I wish it was more of like the snow blindness was like a practical effect and less reliant on the cinematography yeah Cause like the snow blindness would be more so from there being so much snow, not like it reflecting off the snow. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> yeah. Who did the cinematography? I saw the name of the guy who did the cinematography. I, so I want to look it up real quick because I want to see what else that he did. Um, what do you think of the acting in this movie, though? Like Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson is always great. I don't know if people can understand what I'm saying through my yawn, so I'll say it again. <laughs> Liam Neeson is always great. There you go. Um, okay, the cinematographer was Masunobu Takayangi. Yeah. I, I probably butchered that, but I'm sorry, dude. Um, oh, oh, dude, he did the fucking cinematography for Hostiles, and I love the cinematography in Hostiles. I haven't seen it. He did the cinematography for Black Mass, for Spotlight, it. I haven't seen it. Out of the yes, Furnace, Silver Lines Playbook. I haven't seen it. Warrior? He did the cinematography for Warrior! Yeah. This dude's fucking awesome! Well, he really dropped the ball, right? <laughs> I don't think he dropped the ball on it. I think he did a good job. I fucking love this dude, though. Out of the Furnace is so fucking good. Talk about a fucking downbeat movie, man. Mm -hmm. This movie is just like, kick you right in the fucking nuts. Spotlight also, because yeah, child molestation. Black Mass is fucking... I fucking love, um... Uh, Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper gets to make like the adult movies that no one else gets to make anymore. He makes the fucking 70s movies that like we miss now, you know? Okay. Oh, dude, you have to see Hostile. Uh, I'll buy it and watch sure. it. It's so fucking good. Um, Side note, did you see the trailer for Mid-90s? For what? Mid-90s. No, what is that? It's uh, the new Jonah Hill film. He wrote and directed it. Oh shit! I saw that it posted. I didn't watch it, but yeah. I saw that it was like posted. Fuck! Yeah. It's about skateboarding, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it, 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 it sort of looks like kids, but with skateboarding. Oh, dude. Well, kids. That's like skateboarding. Isn't yeah, it? but like it's not about skateboarding. It's right. about how kids are assholes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Cool. I can get down with that. And I, it sort I of love looks, kids. It looks, like, it looks like it was shot on film too. Looks like oh, really? Like film too, yeah. Oh, that's fucking dope. Did he write it, too? Yes. Oh, shit. Jonah Hill getting all fucking serious yeah. now, being a director and shit. Yeah, he's getting fancy. He, like, lost a ton of weight, too, man. He's, like, buff as shit now. Yeah. Fucking I mean, weird. I believe it. Weird. I don't like it. I like fat Jonah Hill. Uh, Jonah Hill can be whoever he wants. It's true. You live your life, Jonah Hill. You do you. Yeah. Um, 
So um, the acting, Liam Neeson is always great. Yeah. Um, he fucking kills it in this. I love Liam Neeson. He like Liam Neeson like just <laughs> he went from like being like this very serious actor, you know, like he was in Schindler's List, and you know he's in Kinsey, and he's like yeah. these very powerhouse performances, and then he like totally reinvents reinvents himself in like the late two thousands as like this action star, which is so bizarre. But he totally love actually in there. Oh yeah, love actually. Well, that was like what two thousand five. Yeah. So that was like still mid two thousands. He's still like this weird. He's like this serious actor, but then he like reinvents himself as this action star. Yeah, but you like totally buy it. Liam Neeson is like your dad's action hero. It's like it's like what your dad would be if your dad was like fucking <laughs> you know Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Yeah, because he will find you. And yeah, I, I will find you. That's such a good fucking line. That's such a great movie too. That movie shouldn't be as good as it is, and yet it's so fucking good. But um, but anyway, um, Frank Grillo is also in this movie, and he fuck. I love Frank Grillo. He's like he's like the Robert Mitchum of of like today, you know. We like we don't have like our like classic like good guy who he's like the good guy who does bad things, yeah. but he does bad things because no one else will. You know, he's like the, he's like the Steve McQueen. He's like the fucking you know like seventies like yeah. man's man that like doesn't exist anymore. You know. Um, and he's also a really good actor too. I love him. Um, Dermot Mulroney's also in this movie. He was in this uh, fucking romantic comedy about it. I think it's called The Wedding Date. This girl that I was having sex with at the time, she made me watch it. It's a good movie. It's okay. Yeah, it's an okay movie. Um, Joe Anderson, who played um, uh, uh, the guy with the fucked up face in Hannibal TV show. He's he plays Flannery, uh, guy with the blonde guy. Yeah, that was like yeah, yeah, saying yeah. all this shit. Right. Yeah, that's the guy from Hannibal. Who <laughs> was he in this? Flannery, blonde hair guy. Bad with guy that's bad. like talking all. Guy that's sitting next to Liam Neeson on the plane. Uh, really? Yeah, that's that's the that's the guy from Hannibal. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, the cast is really good in this movie. I think everyone just kind of, like, fits into their characters pretty well, you know? They're just, like, you believe that these guys are just, like, these oil drillers who just, like, are, you know, the shit stains of society, you know, that, like, that people have forgotten about, you know? Uh, I think the... Can we get into some spoiler territory? Of course. I think that the the drowning death at the end is... uh, Oh, my God. I don't... I don't... I think it's a cop-out. I think it's horrific. It is very horrific. It's horrific death. That's, that's worse than the fucking plane crash. That's worth it, worse than yeah. any death that had come before it, I think. What do you think... Why do you think it's a cop-out? It's just like... They get attacked by the wolves out of nowhere, and then he falls in, and then he gets stuck, and then Liam Neeson falls in and tries to get him unstuck, and it's just like... This dude's been through so much shit, and you're going to now kill him off by drowning and not let him get murdered by the wolves? Come on. I think I think the drowning is better than anything that the, what the wolves would have done. I, 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 think that, I think that drowning scene is so fucking horrific and so effective. Like, it's worse than what any anything. The, the wolves tearing them apart piece by piece. Okay, whatever. We already seen that before with these other guys. Him fucking drowning when he's like this far away right. from fucking oxygen right. is terrible because you're just like 
fucking you're just you're like want to just like reach in there and just pull them up out of it and yeah. you're just like how fucking hard is it to just put your head through the fucking you know river right there you know it's I think yeah. that, ah man no I totally I totally disagree I don't think it's a cop out at all I think it's it's better than what anything that they would have done with the wolves I think it's it's so effective it's so horrific it's so painful to fucking watch them both just struggle you know like with fucking when Liam is just like taking a breath in and like trying and like putting his head down he's just like just fucking hold your breath damn yeah. it you're because you're, you're just like fucking hold your breath man yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it, it, it affected me more than that than anything that the wolves could have done interesting I think, no, I think that scene is amazing uh, it's, it's, yeah and then the scene that precedes it um, with fucking Liam Neeson just collapsing on the on the ground and then just looking yeah. up at the sky and just fucking pleading with God you know just like yeah. one last you know, hurrah, just being like, just do something, like, fuck fate, fuck, just, I need a miracle, you know, he's like, just give me a sign, something, yeah. and he's just like, and it's, it's an honest, you know, plea to God, right, and you feel it, and you're like, right there with him, because you've just gone through so much shit with it, with this guy, that you're just like, just fucking anything, you know, just like, something, and then, like, nothing happens because that's real life, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. miracles don't happen. And then he just sits there, and he just sits there for, like, a good, solid, like, ten seconds. And he's just like, fuck it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I just, yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah. Love that line. I love that scene. I love the speech. It's just, and it's, Liam just fucking kills it in that yeah. scene. Kills Definitely. it fuck it, I'll do it myself. Because you're just like, you've been doing it yourself this whole fucking time, you know, just keep yeah. doing it, man. I love the ending, though, too, man, when he's when he goes up against that wolf and he just, he <laughs> takes all the alcohol bottles and he yeah. just tapes them to his knuckles and he, yeah. like, crushes them up against a rock and he ties the knife to his hand and it's just like, alright, let's fucking do this, man. Yeah. I love that scene that so really much. Sweet. And, like, the scene with his dad and, like, the flashbacks with him and his dad and the yeah. poem I think yeah. were really effective. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I like this movie a lot. This movie just feel it feels, it's based on a short story, and this movie feels like a short story, it feels like a poem, that it's just kind of, it's slow, and it's just this nice meditation, and you just kind of go with these characters, and you go with this theme, and it's depressing as hell, but, um, I think it's really effective. Mm -hmm. It gets its message across, and you get a few action scenes along the way. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, I, I liked it. I did. I liked it a lot. Um, I have a few qualms with the cinematography, but I mean, there were definitely like really good aspects of the cinematography and just the, the film itself was mm -hmm. solid. I think, yeah, I mean, like, this is a film that doesn't get made anymore, you know, which is sad. Yeah. But um, I think Joe Carnahan um, is like our modern day John Milliez, you know. Um, we need people like him, like this macho personality that is just, who's a fucking poet, you know? He's yeah. just like, I'm not afraid to, like, put wear my, you know, emotions on my sleeve here. Like, I can be, like, this, you know, huge, like, macho, like, action-y kind of guy, but then I'm also going to tell you this story. I'm going to package it in this story that's going to give you something that, that's going to be a meditation on life and death, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. Like, I, he did this, uh, his first movie... Blood, Guts, Bullets, and Octane. I haven't seen it. I think it's out of print. But then his second movie, Narc, uh, stars Ray Liotta and um, Patrick Wilson. I believe. No, not Patrick Wilson. Patrick something. The guy from Lost Boys. 
Uh, real gritty, just like bare bones kind of movie, but it's really good. It's like a seventies like crime uh, cop movie that you know, like kind of like the French Connection too. Yeah. It's like the French Connection with like modern day, you know, in it. Um, it's really good. And then he made the uh, this movie called uh, Smoke and Aces, which is just like this just fucking just like tornado of just like action, you know. It's just like all these like it has it boasts like a huge cast like Ray Liotta Ryan Reynolds Ben Affleck Chris Pine like all these fucking people are in this movie you know um it's so good it's just so crazy like that movie's just fucking wild you know but it's like it's like a roller coaster you just get on it and you just ride it and you just enjoy yourself you know um and then he made the A-Team um I haven't seen the A-Team but I heard it's really good and then he made the Grey uh and then he made this movie stretch and now i don't think he made a movie after that but he is he's coming out with his new movie uh boss level which stars frank grillo sweet so, and mel gibson too so oh, uh, i love mel gibson um so yeah uh i love joe carnahan i think he's a great writer and director i can't he's one of my he's like the kind of filmmaker where just like if so, if a movie's coming out made by him like i'm gonna go see it no matter what yeah um, but yeah, uh, I really like this movie. I give it a, uh, uh, I give it 8 out of 10. I'll say 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? Yeah. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we said all we needed to say about this. Yes, I'm fading fast. I can tell. That's why I'm, like, wrapping this up I'm real quick. Just, like, all needs to pass out. All needs to go to bed. It's past his bedtime. I gotta get up for work, guys. Oh, in the morning. It, and, oh, fuck, it's 2 o'clock, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will see you next time on the Still Untitled podcast where we review movies and talk about our lives. Um, have a good one, guys. You can find me at Kyle Martin on Facebook or Supertramp underscore Kyle on Instagram. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at AldenRoth2. That's it. Later. I think. Goodbye. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> good night, everyone. All right, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of Late Night Like and Throb Nightmare. We are tuning in here for a little outro because uh, the first few episodes, you know, we didn't really have a name for this podcast. So we're just coming in and saying thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen. Uh, wherever you found this, it's available on all podcasting platforms. So please subscribe so that you can get this in your feed every week. Uh, we're really excited to bring you, hopefully, quality content that you can enjoy on a consistent basis. And also, we, we host this podcast through Anchor FM. It's an app that makes podcasting very uh, accessible to everybody. And you can like call in on Anchor and leave a message for us. Yeah, so call in, leave a message. You can uh, suggest a movie that you want reviewed. Uh, you can leave uh, your comments on the movie that we had reviewed previously. We'll, ta- we'll put those in like the... Uh, the pot, the episode that's like going to come out afterwards. We'll put those in like the intro. Um, but yeah, leave like leave any message that you want, and uh, just leave a like, leave a review. Um, yeah, do it is what that you do. I really right. appreciate it. If we missed something that you thought was noteworthy about a movie, let us know, and we'll definitely like discuss it in oh, the next yeah. episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If there's something that you guys that you wanted us to talk about that we didn't. Message like message it to us or leave a leave a voicemail of it and then we'll talk about it before we review our our next movie definitely yeah so anyway thank you for tuning in and uh, yeah we already said all the where you can find us stuff so yeah thanks for listening peace out y'all. Mm-hmm.